Today is Monday, July 3rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Supreme Court delivers a major win for religious freedom. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Share it with a friend. And you can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you as we're getting through the news of the cray together each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Joining me now... On this July 4th Eve, Billy Hallowell. What's going on, Billy? Happy Monday. You know, it's nice to be back with you, Dan. We're, we're <laughs> I back know. together here on this I, Monday. Yes, I've survived Family Camp, which would be a whole new podcast series in and of itself. <laughs> uh, something I've not experienced before, but uh, it was interesting. It was fun. But um, we got, hey, July 4th is tomorrow. And. Uh, did you know, Billy, that a few places that are fire prone are, are replacing fireworks shows with drone shows instead? I found that interesting. What is a drone show? Oh, you've not seen these? They're they're pretty no. wild, actually. They'll just get like these companies will get hundreds and hundreds of drones and they program them and they just go up in the sky and they do these incredible sequences and images are in the sky because they're all, you know, all the drones have lights on them and stuff. It's, eh, it's uh, not fireworks. It's Sorry. not fireworks, but you know, look. After <laughs> dealing with the smoke alerts for the last, you know, couple months here, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm with it just for this time until we get past the fire season. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but, good point. Yeah, good point. yeah. But uh, anyway, what do we have uh, coming up on the focus story today? Oh yeah, there's a really interesting back and forth going on with Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders and an organization called Americans United over an alleged church-state violation, First Amendment violation. It's, it has to do with a chalk cross, and mm. so we'll, we'll get into All those right. details. All right, we'll check it out. Madison Seals has the main thing today. She caught up with a woman who ended up on the SPLC hate watch list. We'll have uh, that and more, but first we're going to get through here the news. In 90 seconds, the U.S. Supreme Court has delivered a major victory for a Christian graphic artist who declined to design wedding websites for same-sex couples because they said it violated their religious beliefs. The court ruled 6-3 on Friday in favor of designer Lori Smith. She'd been trapped in a dispute over a Colorado law that barred, quote-unquote, discrimination based on sexual orientation, race, and gender, she said she's been hoping and praying for this day for many, many years. My case is important to all Americans, including artists like myself. The Supreme Court also recently shot down President Biden's student loan bailout. Uh, and in a 6-3 decision, they rejected the use of race as a factor in college admissions, saying it was a violation of the 14th Amendment. So the Supreme Court on the radar this week and Elevation Church which is a mega church based in North Carolina. They've quietly left the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, this was after they'd been part of it for nearly two decades. And they didn't give a specific reason for leaving, but the church told the committee that its statement of beliefs posted on its website is very much in line with the Baptist faith and message. We have no intention of changing those core beliefs. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Billy, the Supreme Court obviously taking center stage here in the last couple of days. And it's it's really interesting to watch the framing in the, the media. You see 
a lot of headlines. I mean, I was on vacation, so I was kind of just dipping into headlines and things. And it was all about you know, gay rights under attack. And this is how it was framed. And of course, no one ever seems to want to lead with the idea that America was founded on the principle of freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Well, and freedom of association. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at these cases and you and I have covered these for years now. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the things that gets lost, and and again, we've often covered this, there are lesbian-owned print shops. There are, you know, people from all different walks of life who have defended the graphic designers and the bakers on the premise that, hey, we wouldn't want to be forced to, to convey messages that we disagree with. So if a church comes to a lesbian couple who own a print shop and they want, you know, shirts to be printed, do they have to do that? I think most people who would agree with the graphic designer in this case would say no. You know what? They shouldn't have to do it. Nobody should have to associate with or, you know, and again, this case is dealing with religious freedom, but it, it extends beyond that, right? Not being forced to convey a message right. with which you disagree. And that shouldn't be controversial, honestly. No. And shouldn't the country, you'd think people would be seeing the problem with compelled speech after COVID when we had um, basically the CDC declared the only thing you could parrot on social media, these social media companies started making their ground rules of speech based on the CDC. And it's like, wait a minute, now the government's just saying, here's what you can say. No one else can say it or else you're going to get penalized in some way, shape or form. It seems like this should be more clear that, hey, look, even speech I don't like, um, even um, maybe a store, even if they're doing something that I don't agree with, um, a stand they're taking that I don't agree with. The right to do it should be um, above that, should supersede that. You'd think people would see that even if they don't happen to agree with that particular stance, but apparently that's not the direction we're heading, and that should be concerning to a lot of Americans. It should be It should be deeply concerning to a lot of Americans. I think, you know, we we're really struggling with these very basic issues of, yeah. you know, religious freedom, freedom of speech. And this is something we've seen again and again and again. And even in the response to this, I don't know why there aren't more people. And I think people need to boldly do this and say, Hey, this doesn't only help Christians. It helps everyone. And that's why you're seeing, I mean, look, this is, this is like the third or fourth case now that has dealt with religious liberty and that has actually gotten us closer back to the original intent of the Constitution. You know, we, we saw the other case that just came out actually um, about the postal worker, right, who yeah. didn't want to work on Sundays. He also won his case. Last year we had Joe Kennedy, the football coach, you know, win his case. He's being reinstated to his job. I think what's scary, though, is that you can spend years, yeah. literally years, fighting for what basically should be a right that you should implicitly have. Absolutely. <laughs> these these are things that, you know, you shouldn't have to. It's like, yeah, we won these court cases, but why are we in court so many times for these things? <laughs> uh, it's not a good precedent to set. They're just going to keep sending people to court over and over and over again until they get their desired result. And you're seeing people, I mean, it's only a matter of time before... You see politicians start making calls, and they already have, for packing the courts, and the court is under attack, and instead of the ruling, instead of the laws that are being pushed forward, it's the court that's being blamed for this, and so it's going to be, it's going to be quite a fight in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. All right, we're going to move over to the focus story now. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is pushing back on an organization's demands that she remove a cross-inspired chalk design. 
her children placed at the governor's mansion. So what is the story here, Billy? This is a bizarre story. It's really interesting. <laughs> it all started when Governor Sanders posted this June 26th photo on her Facebook page, and it shows this really beautiful, colorful, it's a white cross surrounded by all these colors, and um, she shared the photo. She wrote, new artwork to welcome people into the governor's mansion, so proud of how hard the kids worked and how well their masterpiece turned out. And so she was sharing this chalk design. It was a pretty big chalk design that her kids you know, put there at the governor's mansion. And again, she said it was there to welcome people into the mansion. Um, and a lot of people, you know, met this with praise. They thought it was awesome um, that her kids were doing this. But some other people responded <laughs> and they weren't so happy. Americans United for Separation of Church and State. It's a nonprofit. And I think their their name tells us what we yeah. need to know about what their goal is. Uh, they were <laughs> less than enthralled uh, with, with what she posted. Well, what there. did they argue here? I mean, first of all, I mean, just a little detail here. When I when I picture the chalk design, I think isn't it just going to get wiped away with the first rain? Maybe it's a little different than than what I'm thinking. The kids chalk that they use on my driveway. But what what is Amer what is Americans United arguing here? Yeah, well, it's interesting. It looks and it's hard to tell as though this is under like an awning area, so it oh, may okay. not get wiped away very easily. Yeah, um, gotcha. But they wrote a letter, um, a June 28th letter. So two days after this post was put on Facebook, they write a letter to Sanders and they say, we have received a complaint regarding a large depiction of a Latin cross at the entrance to the Arkansas governor's mansion. As a government building, the governor's mansion exists to welcome guests regardless of faith or belief. They basically went on to say that promoting one religion over others in such a religious display at that entrance, it sends a, quote, impermissible message that those who do not share the favored faith are unwelcome and will be treated differently. So they're arguing that because the cross is there, it's telling non-Christians that they are going to be treated differently and not be welcomed in. And they actually say in the letter, look, you're free to create religious imagery and post it in private areas throughout the home, throughout the mansion. Um, you just can't do it on the grounds at an entrance. Those are not places where the images should be allowed. And so they then say, we therefore ask that you remove the display and refrain from placing similar displays in public areas of the mansion in the future. I, you know, I really feel I want to get to Sarah's uh, Huckabee Sanders response here. But I'm just I'm, I'm going to pray for the souls of these people. I'm just thinking about having to stand before Christ. And then this is what you did with your time here on Earth. You know, you fought against a cross being displayed anywhere. It's uh, it's sad stuff for these people. But what was Sanders response to this uh, to this request? Well, she wasn't having it. So she <laughs> she, resp she responded in a tweet and actually her own letter back. Uh, but the tweet read, I have received your letter and my answer is no. I will not erase <laughs> the beautiful cross my kids drew in shock on the driveway of the governor's mansion or remove my posts on social media. And I will not now or ever hide that I am a Christian. Now, in the longer letter, and she shared a, an image of the letter that she wrote back to them, she said she believes the organization is wrong to claim that the U.S. Constitution prevents government officials and their families from making earnest expressions of religious faith. Um, she also said that she believes that AU, Americans United, is asking her to hide her and her family's identity as Christians. <laughs> she has this one line where she says, you know, in Arkansas, we stand up to bullying liberals. Mm -hmm. um, and she, you know, she basically said that the Constitution, the founding documents embrace God and that they're asking her to ignore that truth and to hide a crucial part of her identity in doing so. And one thing I thought was important and interesting is at the end of her letter, 
She concluded by making it clear that people of all faiths were more than welcome at the governor's mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's a great point by her because it's ridiculous on its face to say that, you know, you can't mention anything. You can't put anything out there. I mean, this would have been news to the founders who from the earliest constitutional conventions were leading them with prayer. They started them with prayer. And I, I just don't know how you uh, ignore that fact. I mean, it doesn't mean it's a Christian country, but it does mean they were not shy about uh, praying, about showing their faith in certain ways, uh, some of the founders. So it's it's silly that they're trying to like squelch this and it's good and it's uh you know good on sarah sanders for um standing her ground yeah it is and i think you know these are things that are going to continue to pop up i don't know what happens next do they yeah. threaten to sue is there i mean it'll be interesting to <laughs> to watch this chalk drama unfold <laughs> indeed and in the meantime it's a it's a good sight to see there uh in front of the governor's mansion so appreciate you bringing that one billy we're going to move over to the main thing now. And Madison Seals caught up with Sherry Few, who she founded something called United States Parents Involved in Education. Well, just for the creation of that group, she made the SPLC hate watch list this month. So Madison caught up with her and talked to her about why she views that designation as, as a badge of honor. And also how her organization equips parents to become the school board. That's today's main thing. The Southern Poverty Law Center released their Year in Hate and Extremism Report 2022 earlier this month. And it calls state chapters of an organization called United States Parents Involved in Education, or USPIE, hate groups. Today, I'm joined by Sherry Few, who currently serves as president and CEO of USPIE, to talk about how parents are standing up for their children while being targeted by organizations like the SPLC. Sherry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. You've said the designation of hate group is actually a badge of honor. So can you talk about why you see it that way? Sure. Well, I always try to look at the positive in things, and I didn't want my pie chapter presidents thinking this was something nefarious. So I just told them that, you know, if we weren't being effective, we wouldn't be on this list. That's the reason they have targeted us is because we are being effective in what we are doing. And we are warning parents about the um, pedagogies, the harmful pedagogies that are happening in government schools. So parents like those who have formed chapters in their states that are affiliated with our organization are speaking out at school boards and and standing up for um, protecting children. And and it's literally come to that. It, it's that there's a need to protect children from the onslaught of very, very negative, nefarious pedagogies that are being forced on children in government schools. Right. And you've you've started to get into this a little bit, but what does the SPLC consider hateful about what you do and how would you refute that? Well, they think that we are bigots because we're opposed to pornography and and the sexualization of children in schools. We don't think it's appropriate at any age to be teaching children that they're possibly a gender that's opposite of their biological gender. And we think these things are very harmful to children. We oppose critical race theory as well. 
And they've turned that to, around to say we're racist and we're bigots and homophobes and, you know, the list goes on. So we understand that that's their perception, uh, but we know better. A lot of us are Christians. My entire leadership team, we're all Christians. We, we pray before every meeting we have, and we believe that we are soldiers in God's army. And this is a battle between good and evil. And so we are the soldiers leading the fight here. We understand that it is a spiritual battle. So we don't try to focus too much on the person themselves that are attacking us, but we understand where the the fiery darts are originating. The truth of the matter is the SPLC is a hate group. And I mean, so it's just ironic that they want to label other people hate groups because groups like Antifa, that are dangerous and violent and, you know, obstructive, they use the SPLC list to target individuals and organizations to harass them. And even um, our Illinois Pie chapter president has been um, attacked numerous times by Antifa in his state. They've tried to get him fired from his job. Um, He's tried to do screenings. Uh, On two different occasions, he scheduled screenings for our film, Truth and Lies in American Education. And in both instances, Antifa intimidated the venue owners to the point where they had to cancel the screening. Yeah. And I was going to get into that next because that is an important point that being on this hate watch list shows that you've done something important or stood up for something important. But there's also the negative side, as you've started talking about, because being on that list attracts a lot of negative attention. What could being on the SPLC list mean for your safety, for parents' safety, and then organizations? Well, it it does put us at risk, and it's unfortunate, um, but those of us in the fight understand that we have to stand firm in our positions. We can't roll over to fear. And and again, because we are Christians, um, we know that fear is not of God, The spirit of fear does not come from him. So we have to trust that God will protect us as we continue to make a stand, a courageous and bold stand, and not fear the reprisal that there is the potential for. On the same note, we're also realist and we we take precautions to to make sure that we're safe. And so, you know, like when we go to events, we never go alone in the states where it's legal to carry a firearm or whatever to protect yourself. Um, in my state, it is. I have a concealed weapons permit. And when I go to an event, I, I'm usually packing because I um, understand that there's a real threat. And, you know, in culture today, there's there's that risk any, anywhere you go. But it is it does put us at risk. And we're cautious. But at the same time, we're standing firm and trusting God to keep us safe. And you published an op-ed earlier this year that talks about many of the problems still facing parents today, like government agencies ignoring parents' legitimate concerns. How is USPIE helping parents stand up to organizations like the SPLC and their allies? So our organization's mission is to close the U.S. Department of Education and end all federal education mandates. And we made that our mission because we understand that that's where most of the Um, nefarious pedagogies originate, and they're incentivized with federal dollars. That's a a big task. People have talked about closing the Department of Ed for many years. And, you know, it's a typical candidate's uh, platform to say they're going to do it. But who has actually developed a plan to do that? So we took it upon ourselves to develop a plan. We have a blueprint 
on our website, which is uspie.org, uspie.org. So there's a blueprint for how to close the Department of Education and in federal education mandates. And most recently, we've developed a state report, and it's, it's not actually um, published yet. It's going to be published in the next week or two for states who want to start weaning themselves off the federal dole. And, and this is an exciting new uh, report for us because we've seen some states are actually beginning to discuss this. And so we thought it would be great if we could show them how they could do it and, and make the job easier since we've been studying this for some time. And so while on the federal level, it's more of a challenge to end the, the federal mandates, uh, if states begin to wean themselves off, that, that's a much easier task to accomplish. And once one or two states do it, it'll set a precedent. So the first thing we have to do is untangle ourselves from the influence of the federal government and begin to restore parental and local control of education. Because today's educators and administrators, we see it out of the uh, teachers unions and even from the U.S. Department of Education and even our president has said that children don't belong to parents, that they're everyone's children. And so we're, we're saying, no, no way. These are our children. We have the absolute right to direct the uh, upbringing and the education of our children. And local schools should serve at our pleasure and, and not trying to keep us out. And, and that's basically what it's amounted to. You know, there was a time when parents could go into the classroom, they could observe instruction, and parents can't even get in the classroom anymore. During COVID, once they were able to see, because children were at home and learning online, parents could actually see what their children were learning. And that's when all the pushback started. Even though it's, it's bad things that are happening with education policy have been going on for a couple of decades, it's really escalated in the last few years. And parents have woken up and they see the truth and they're standing up and fighting back. And we're supporting the parents that do it. Uh, we have resources on our website, again, uspie.org. You know, we're encouraging them to run for school board. Become the school board, we're telling them. If the school board's shutting you out and, and won't listen to your complaints, then run for school board. And we've seen this happen all over the country. Um, in the state where I live, uh, in the last set of elections, we overturned several school boards. And in two cases, they fired the superintendent at their first meeting. So we are um, enabling parents to recognize the power they have and to uh, act on it. Yeah. And before we go here, I just want to let listeners know about this new documentary that you actually produced called Truth and Lies in American Education. Where can people find that? Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. It's a wonderful expose. It's an all-star cast of experts that are very knowledgeable on the things that are happening in government schools, anywhere from the sexualization of children to the Marxist critical theories, the anti-American and anti-Christian propaganda. We lay it all out in this film, and it's only about an hour long, so it's it's a good film to show in your community or at your church and you know, have a discussion after you watch it and talk about what you're going to do to get in the fight and join us in this battle. So it's such a crucial issue that even people who aren't parents need to be aware of what's going on. Freedom-loving Americans 
that want us to retain the freedom in this country need to understand if we don't stop the indoctrination of children in government schools, we will lose our very freedom. So the film can be found at the film's website. It is truthandliesfilm.us. And that's spelled out truth, A-N-D, lies, film, dot U-S. So we encourage everybody to view the film and share it with others. Well, Sherry, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and the work that you do to protect parents and children. Thank you so much. Thank you, Madison. All right, Madison, appreciate that interview there. That's going to leave us with time on the pod today for one last thing. First Timothy 6, 12, in light of what we were discussing here with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the verse reads, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence yeah. of many witnesses. Just, you know, standing firm regardless. I mean, not just in her circumstance, but yeah. in any circumstance. Yeah, in any. And well, we have, as we were talking about all these chances now when people are getting dragged through the Supreme Court, you know, talk about a temptation to sort of put the that stand aside because you have so much to lose. But God bless these people who aren't taking a stand because we desperately need it. All right, it's a good spot to leave it as any. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we shall return. Well, not tomorrow, it's July 4th. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll see you then. God bless. <laughs>